0: all right what is up the 74th installment of the unplugged alpha <clears throat> the matrix of plan yeah for you they are going to be bringing some crazy stuff your way very soon i see some of the car guys in the live chat tonight so you guys will enjoy this one uh in case you guys have been asleep the last few years, they've done some nefarious things with your freedoms, and if you haven't been paying attention, they're going to keep doing that based on what we're starting to see unfold. And I wanted to cover this bit of a nutter plan that they seem to be be cooking up for your vehicle. So I know some of you don't own cars, you live in large urban cities and condominiums. Cool, Awesome. Uh, but there are about 330,000 registered vehicles in North America. Sorry, 330 million, beg your pardon, 330 million. There's a lot of cars out there. Um, obviously, some people have more than one, in some case more than two or three. But there's a lot of vehicles out there. And um, there's a very large infrastructure and system in place so that you can get around. The thing that's unique about North America, Canada and the States especially, is that there's vast distances between many of the cities. Um, Whereas in Europe, you can go from one country to another within 40 minutes. Uh, Word on the street is that the World Economic Forum is meeting in Davos. And apparently the shores flight that one of these global elites has taken in their private jet amounted to 22 miles. They didn't bother driving. Some people would jog 22 miles. They hopped in a private jet to fly 22 miles to get to Davos. And these are the people that are saying, you're going you're gonna to have issues with your cars, basically, going forward in the future. So let's hop into this. Um, there'll be an opportunity to call in and ask some questions tonight. So I'll drop the link in a little bit. So stay tuned. If you guys have questions, it's open to everybody and anybody, as always. What do we start with? Kill switches, world economic. Let's deal with the world economic forum. We'll get to the kill switches in a second. All right, let's throw this up on the screen here. And here we go. Let's let's begin, shall we? Let's begin with the nut show, the nutter show. (laughs) So, world economic forum issues. Phase out car ownership. People can walk or share. So it's not so much that they want cars to go away, they just want your cars to go away. Some people don't know this, but quite a few of the WEF members uh, own interests in ride share programs, ride sharing apps. Um, You know, these are basically cars that are usually placed in urban cities and um, they're used throughout the day by different people. You just, you have an app, you basically tap the app on some sensor in the car, probably some kind of Bluetooth sensor or something. It bills your credit card. You hop in, you drive, the insurance, the plate, the registration, everything's covered. You don't have to worry about anything. You just drive to your next you know, destination and you throw the car in their lot and you get out and you're done with it. You don't have to deal with repairs, maintenance, tire changes, oil changes, none of that stuff. So there's a lot of guys out there that own interest in these rideshare uh, sort of apps and pro not, not rideshare in the sense of like Uber, but like car sharing apps. Um, I think it was 2009 or 10. I was at this mastermind event. And one of the themes that was going around, like one of the common sound bites that you started to hear a lot around that time is in the future, you will have access to everything, but own nothing. And it sounded like an interesting pitch. It sounded like something that, you know, the techno guys, the, you know, the putting the butter in the coffee guys at the time, um, you know, the, all those woosah sort of guys really, you know, like, like they really, you know, subscribe to the idea of we don't, yeah, what do we need a car for? I can just tap my app because I like my phone and my Ubers and all these sort of things. And rather than calling for a car, I can just walk up to a lot and get into this car and drive away in it and not have to worry about insurance, parking fees, nothing, nothing, You just drive it and you let it go, and that's fine for some people in the city. But cars are personal for a lot of people, men especially. Women, it's kind of like a fashion object. It's like an accessory, you know. Oh, it's got swoopy lines and it looks pretty. Like with women, when they see cars, they like, like for example, if they like higher-end German cars, they don't care if it has a M5 competition badge on the back bumper. They just want the BMW roundel on the hood and on the back bumper and in the center of the steering wheel. So when they take a picture of their wrist or their watch or their diamond ring or something like that, it shows up the little roundel. They don't really care if it's an M car. They just want the experience of being in a premium, you know, German automobile sort of thing. So a base model three series would do essentially. But men on the other hand, they tend to have a more intimate, deeper connection with cars. Um, the men that I roll with anyway, we certainly do because we do a lot of, we do a lot of miles on the, uh, highways when it comes to rallies and even the back roads and stuff like that. But, uh, men in general tend to have a connection with vehicles. They like it. They, you know, it's an extension of who you are. Um, you would see guys and you probably get them like even in their more, you know, season years that probably spent more time cleaning and detailing and washing and waxing and maintaining their cars than what they do with their homes. Um, there's guys that I made this point the other day. I was on with um, Vigorous Steve. He's kind of a buyer bro dude. And we were talking about blood labs. And there's guys that will take oil out of their engine when they do an oil change. They put it in this container. It's called uh, Blackstone Labs, the name of the company. And you ship it in and they analyze your engine oil to see how much copper is in it um because that gives you some kind of indication if the you know if the piston rings are wearing sooner so what kind of life you're going to get out of the engine so they go through all these markers and they'll compare it up against other cars and they'll tell you you know like all this data but these are the same guys that don't really care to run their blood labs like this is how much they love cars like they'll run the labs on the engine oil but they won't run labs on their own blood when it comes to self-care but again the show's about the crazy sort of you know plans for your vehicle so we got Klaus Schwab here sitting in some, I don't know, beige sort of color econobox. That's the other thing, too. They want to take personality away from cars. They don't want them to reflect the owner's image as they have in the past. It's just like, oh, we'll just put some beige over here and some darker beige over here. and Maybe we'll have laminate bamboo and we'll call it, you know, the best econobox in the world. So this is how, you know, things are going. And they're having, you know, conversations about sky-high uh, fuel prices. That's one of the other slides that I got up. That's going to pop up too. The communal sharing of cars, circular approaches, mm, sounds like fun. The global elites in Geneva, Switzerland, are now instructing their young global leaders, embedded into governments. This is what they've done. and I'm going to show you a recording in a in a short moment here. Uh, da-da-da. average car or van in England is just driven four percent of the time. So, why do we need all these vehicles? Why don't we share them? That's an interesting argument, sure. Um, four percent of the time of the day, yeah, because you're probably driving, you know, an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of the cars are being used around the same time, especially for those that are commuting or they're using them for work related. This is a picture of Davos with everybody's private jet. This is this is fine, this is completely okay. Don't worry about the environment when it comes to flying our private jets, even if it's only 22 miles from one short-haul airport to another so I can hang out with my buddies and show them my private jet. All of these jets are absolutely okay. But your cars, they want to target. By the way, uh, the total emissions... I was watching a video earlier this week. The total emissions of all the automobiles in Great Britain amount to 2% of the uh, greenhouse gas emissions in the world in total these countries are not the problem right it's countries in Asia and in South America that are contributing Uh, so I mean even if you took away all the cars or you put kill switches in all of them tomorrow and they couldn't drive them unless the government said so uh, that wouldn't really do anything it wouldn't even put a dent in the problem so it's kind of an absurd angle that they're that they're hitting on this from, but I think where they're going is going to be climate lockdowns next. And we've heard a little bit of this from a few others in the last couple of years, and it seems to be gathering a little bit of momentum. Let me see if we got any sound bites on here that are worth mentioning. Not really, it's just blah, blah, blah. They came with their jets. Okay, so we'll close that down. We'll deal with the kill switches in a second. No thanks. So here's another article from... The World Economic Forum wants to pump up gas prices even higher to save democracy. So one of their plans is to make fuel more expensive because they think that it's underpriced. Um, it's kind of a funny notion because um, when is this the Geneva-Switzerland one? Yeah, this is the recent one from Davos, right? So it's a bit of an article, and they're talking about what they're you know blathering on about, but you get the idea from the from the title. One of the arguments that they make is that. Uh, petroleum powered cars are damaging to the environment and they try to argue that electric cars aren't or aren't so much there was a dude that was on um the joe rogan podcast uh recently in the last um i think two or three weeks i can't remember his name but he wrote a book on basically how they mine metals from um i think it's a congo um republic of congo it's somewhere in africa and the vast majority of the rare earth metals that they use in batteries that go in cars come from there they're open pit mines they're mostly kids working in there uh they don't have safety equipment on because you know if you're mining something like cobalt it's it's toxic it's you know it's basically going to kill you sooner um and they buy it at at dirt cheap prices right so they're so they're mining all of these metals for batteries in, in cars and one of the arguments that, it, that is, you know, conveniently always made, like this is a bar graph here showing the amount of metals that go into an electric car uh, versus a conventional car, you know, when it comes to, um, aside from the body work, you know, like the steel body panels or the aluminum body panels, depending on how the car is made. But there's significantly more uh, rare metals that are used in electric cars here. There's been a lot of studies done that show you that the, um, the impact of an electric car um it doesn't it doesn't get to net zero. like you basically have to drive it i think it's something like eighty thousand miles before it becomes a wash versus a um gas-powered car um, gas-powered cars are less damaging to the environment immediately um and if you factor in that most electricity comes from coal-fired plants like they're not coming from nuclear plants they're not coming from wind or solar like wind or solar amounts to almost nothing if wind and solar was so effective at producing electricity you would see solar panels on the roofs and hoods and trunk lids of teslas but you don't because they're not efficient enough they're they just don't do anything i think there's a car company it's um fisker henrik frisk fisker i'm probably pronouncing his name wrong but he was the dude that created the original Fisker, which is kind of a beautifully designed electric car. I think he worked with Aston Martin and a few other car companies, but he created this electric car. That went nowhere, kind of went bankrupt. Now he's got this new one coming out and it's got a big solar panel on the entire roof of the car. It's like an SUV style car. So it's quite large, right? It's a people mover. And I think their pitch on the website is something like, oh, you'll get about 1,100 kilometers per year just off the solar panel and driving alone. Now that's assuming... Daylight all the time. Your car's parked outside, and all these other elements. But solar panels aren't that effective. Neither is wind at producing electricity. So it mostly comes from coal. They're shutting down nuclear plants because those are big, bad, and scary. Even though they're extremely efficient at producing electricity for the size of them, and uh, if they're run right, are very clean. They produce no harmful emissions whatsoever. <clears throat> they're shutting those down, though. We've got one here just on the east side of Toronto. And that one's shutting down Um, and we don't have really anything to replace it. So I'm not really sure what the government's plan is to sort of deal with that. But here's what they're saying in Canada now. The liberal government, new gas car sales will be banned by 2035.
1: (laughs) That's 12 years.
0: 12 years away, they they are planning to completely ban the sale of new gas cars. Now, that's not saying they're going to take away your existing cars. Uh, they haven't gone that far yet. Not to say they won't, they won't but they're, they're saying you won't be able to buy a brand new gas powered car after 2035. That's the plan, anyway. I don't know if they've passed the legislation where it's at, but this is something coming from our good friend, Justine Trudeau, who was made famous during the trucker convoys recently. Uh, you know, he didn't like that they did scary things in his town. So he. Froze bank accounts, canceled insurance, and did all kinds of nefarious things. But he wants people to switch to electric vehicles, which if we're being honest, I mean, if you live in a country like Canada, we don't have a proper infrastructure to get around in an electric car. Uh, We're not even close to it. Uh, You know, gas stations have been around for ages. They're obviously very efficient. You can refill and get your full range within... Three minutes, two minutes—I don't know how long it takes to fill up a car. A couple of minutes, whereas if you want to get maybe like sixty or seventy percent charge out of an electric car, you need a high capacity charger. It has to be available, and nobody can be plugged into it. And you basically have to plug in and wait for—I don't know—forty-five minutes. Um, walk around, pick your nose, look at the sun, look at the grass grow. I don't know what they expect you to do. Maybe they want you to go shopping and, and spend money in the stores, but. Um, they're not particularly efficient at refilling your range and getting you the range you want. And the other, you know, convenient problem with it is I think you guys have probably heard of these things. They're called cell phones, right? And if you haven't noticed with cell phones, they have these like electric batteries, lithium ion, cobalt battery sort of in the, in the device, but they never really seem to hold their charge after about a year or two, right? You always have to kind of keep them plugged in or you have to have an external, you know, battery bank to keep it charged up if you want to be able to use it throughout the day. That's a big sale, you know, selling pitch Buy this phone. It's got enough battery power for a full day's use. Bullshit, maybe for like the first month or two. And then, you know, the capacity starts to go down. And the same thing sort of happens with electric cars. Um, When I go to the gas station, and I fill up and I sit in the car, it says range 670 kilometers. It said 670 kilometers, whether that was, uh, 4 years ago when I got the car or today the size of the gas tank doesn't change but the size of your um but the amount of charge your battery bank can hold an electric car deteriorates over time and it deteriorates further in the winter time when it's cold or if you have to heavily use lights air conditioning heating if you have to heat up the batteries you know if that's part of the system that's integrated in or if you have to cool the batteries depending on if that's integrated in but your your experience will vary as they say but Generally speaking, if you buy an electric car and you tend to get 670 kilometers in range, you know, when you first get it, probably by year two or three, you might have 560 kilometers in range or 590, you know, whatever it happens to deteriorate down to because the batteries don't hold the same amount of charge. So it's the equivalent of you buying a car and then the gas tank shrinks over time. Okay. So you get less range. So that's another problem. I don't know how they're going to recharge all these cars in the next 12 years. Um, if they don't have the infrastructure, if they don't have, I mean, the other problem too, I've got a couple of friends with electric cars and one of the complaints they're always making is, well, I went to this place, but the, you know, the charger was down. Like I couldn't use it. It like, it wouldn't take my card. It wouldn't, it wouldn't connect. It wouldn't charge. Like I've, I've never gone to the gas station to go put gas in my car and it doesn't pump, um, ever, ever. But people are having problems where they go to recharge their cars and they're like, you know, it's not working or it's out of service or um, somebody's got a car plugged into it. Now you got to sit around and pick your nose and wait for the 45 minutes for them to take their charge. Then you move your car and then you wait another 45 minutes. You've just wasted an hour and a half, two hours standing around doing nothing, right? So they're not without problems. If you have a high capacity charger in your garage and you don't drive that far, you don't need to use like a charging network outside of something like the Tesla supercharger network, you're probably going to be fine. Right. You, you use it to run around, get groceries, pick up the kids, drop them off. They're boring cars. Nothing that interested in them. They look. I don't know what it is with electric cars. Like, why can't they make them look nice? I mean, I think the um, the Tesla Model S is probably a, a, a like a handsome looking car. Like it's visually appealing. But I don't know what they've done with the Model 3, the Model Y. They just—they just They just don't look good. They don't. They're not good looking cars. You don't visually look at them and go like, mm, that's hot. I like that. I, I go in the garage and I look at my McLaren. And I'm like, I'd I'd hit that. Like you know, it's different with these electric cars. And they're and they're subdued. They're more. That's just the way that they're building them, right? Anyway, so our buddy Justin Trudeau is saying you won't be able to buy gas cars in about 12 years. He also happens to be one of the World Economics Forum's most favorite brainchild of you know their group, right? He's you know he's like the bastard. Uh, Uh, stepkid of Klaus Schwab, you know, his best buddy sort of thing. Um, I don't think Trudeau went to Davos this year. From what I understand, the deputy prime minister went. Freeland, uh, Christina Freeland, I think is her name. Anyway, but that's where we're at. I think the amount of cars we currently have on the road are something like 3% in uh, Canada. So I'm really not sure how we're going to, you know, shift over to this. It's, it's It's just, it doesn't seem that practical. And, you know, the other thing too is, electric cars aren't, you don't get the same range. They're not as practical. They come with inconveniences. Recycling of the batteries is problematic. They're quite heavy too. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed personally, especially in the winter time here is I was driving down this back road and it was me. There was a Tesla in front of me. And then there was a big ass salt plow truck and the big ass salt plow truck. used plowing, you know, the snow off the road, throwing down some salt. And he had to come to a stop. I don't know what to do what. Maybe there was something in the road in front of him. But he came to a stop at a reasonable speed. The Tesla, because they're so damn heavy, the battery packs, hits the brakes. And and he couldn't stop in time to avoid hitting the back of the snowplow, right? So things in motion like to keep doing what they're already doing, right? Basic, you know, physics. Um, I don't know what my car weighs. Let's say it's probably about 3,000 pounds standard standard power, you know, gas-powered car. The equivalent size electric car usually weighs about 1,100, 1,200 pounds more. So you hit brakes on a car and you're still going, but you're on a slippery surface and you're not getting grip. The stopping distance is quite a bit longer. So dude slides into the back of the snowplow. I didn't have a problem stopping at all. I was basically at the same distance behind him as he was behind the snowplow. He hit the the snowplow. I was totally fine. I'm just like, okay, you guys have fun with that. Now you need (laughs) cops and tow truck and all this stuff, but... Yeah, like there's like there's some inherent issues in them that you don't have with petroleum power cars. The internal combustion engine is a wonderful thing. It's very efficient. Um like somebody I think what's what's his name? Um there's this kid, he's not a kid anymore, but he was a kid when he started his channel it was called Engineering Explained. And he did a comparison between electric cars and petroleum cars and one of the um stages of the comparisons that he was talking about was he basically had like a liter of water and he said let's pretend this is gasoline the amount of energy that's stored in a liter of water is the equivalent to basically this entire table over here and also liter bottles in size so you need quite a bit of storage capacity for the amount of energy that's stored in a liter of gasoline gasoline has a lot of energy stored in it it's it's remarkable and the engine itself is a formidable piece of engineering i mean the fact that they've been around for so long and they become you know this efficient is 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 quite interesting i'm not opposed to electric cars i'm not opposed to the the electrification of cars in fact i like the idea of hybrid performance vehicles if you've ever driven a hybrid um sports car or an exotic car they are insane like they they have the immediacy of uh, torque right from you know the moment you slam the, the gas, like they launch hard, and then the gas engine can just rip the car through the higher RPMs. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. They're a little bit heavier, so there's somewhat of an inconvenience, but they generally don't run all on battery power. So they have a small electric motor, and generally speaking, like a seven kilowatt, eight kilowatt hour battery, something that they can market while oh, you could just drive on the battery alone for you know, 20, 22 miles or something like that. Some, you know, some bullshit like that, which is fine. So the electrification of cars in a performance sense, I'm all for that. I like it. I've driven them. They're great. Um, I'm looking forward to whatever replaces the McLaren 720. It's probably going to have some sort of hybrid motor system that's like in the Artura, which is more like the entry level. So I think it's a good thing, but where they're going with it, like the way they're going about it is they don't even want you to have cars. They want you to have, if you're going to have a car, then what you have an electric car. And then beyond that, then they want to start taking them away or they want to put systems in place that are going to prevent you from fully enjoying them. So let's go over here. Um, Where's the next one that I want to show you? So we did the liberal plan. They want to crank up the price of gas to make it even more expensive because that's what everybody wants. They want to pay more for their shit because we're not really paying enough right now with inflation. So this is the last slide, and then we'll start taking some uh, call-ins in a moment. But there is some legislation right now going on where they want to install kill switches in all new cars. Now, some people have been saying that, and I've seen this on Twitter in a few videos that that this is why they want you to drive electric cars because they can put kill switches in them. Bullshit! They can put a kill switch in any car with a computer in it. They can put a kill switch in brand new gas powered cars that are coming off the production line right now. And they can control it with the cell signal and prevent you from driving that car at any time, even if it's a gas car. So it's not like they want you in electric cars to put kill switches in it. They want to put kill switches in everything. Now, the angle that they're going to use is, well, for safety reasons, I think there's a a photograph in it. Here we go. Well, for safety reasons, in case we have like a high speed pursuit we can just turn off that car of the push push of a button. Not endanger the public. Nobody will die. Everything is safe. It's easy for us to catch the perp. Blah blah blah. That's that's the story that that they're going to use. But that's truthfully, I think we both know that's not how they're going to use it. The technology exists today. Like I know that in the United Kingdom, police cars have um, scanners. They're basically cameras, right? And I don't know if they have them in the rear, but, but I know for sure they have them in the front, but let's assume they have them in the front and rear. So the cop's driving around, he's drinking his coffee. He's got a donut. Everything's good. Tap, tap, tap on the computer. And then all of a sudden he gets an alert, bong, bong, bong. And it says that car over there has expired insurance or that car over there. Um, he's wanted for something because the camera scans, scans the um, license plate number. It goes up in the database. The database compares it to whether or not their insurance is up to date, if there's anything outstanding. And then it notifies the cop and the cop's like, okay, I'm going to pull that guy over. Well, they're already scanning you. They already, like the technology is already in place where they can detect you, but now they want to add new technology in your own personal vehicle that you pay money for. You, you you go and make your money, you pay your taxes on your money, and then you go and buy your car which is a source of freedom or always has been a source of freedom ever since I've been around and you know, granted, yes, I'm dated. Okay. You're a little bit older, rich. Yeah. But this is the way things are going guys. So picture this, they could actually set it up. So it's like, Oh, and then the car shuts down and it forces him to pull over. Cause they all have autopilot now, you know, for the most part. So imagine the techs expired, pull them over da da da. Fine. Seems reasonable, right? Seems, seems like it's reasonable. You don't want an OJ Simpson type of scenario. Some people are going, who's OJ Simpson? Well, kids, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So back in the day, OJ Simpson, right? He uh he was running from the cops on the California highways. And they shut down the entire highway. And there was video footage here. Let me see if I can find a picture. Cause this because this is like embedded in the minds of like everybody from my era, right? OJ Simpson White bronco highway chase let's see how many cops were in that photograph i can't i can't remember now but i know it was a lot uh images yeah here we go so at the stream so this is oj simpson in his white ford bronco this is the original one i think it was like an 89 or something like that with all of california state highway patrol behind them so the argument is, well, we can just push a button and shut it off and we'll get OJ and not, in, not endanger anybody, you know, similar sort of thing. But I don't think that's how they're going to use it. So let's, so let's read the article here. I'll throw it back up on the screen. Um, so according to an article written by former U.S. Representative Bob Barr hidden away in the recently passed infrastructure bill, the one that, sorry, the very one that I warned before negatively impacts drivers across the country if it were to pass, which it will, because it's an infrastructure bill, Is a measure to install vehicle kill switches in every new car, truck, and SUV sold in this country? The regulation won't be enforced for five years, so maybe there's time to do something about this. Yeah. But we've seen this in other countries, and they're all leading towards the same sort of thing, where they want to basically have all law-abiding citizens have this device in their vehicle. They may mention over here something that happened in New Zealand. So this is where they might actually use it. This is an example they're saying. For example, in September, a car was pulled over in New Zealand way over on the other side of the world. And the occupants were arrested when police discovered the trunk was full of ARs, guns, drugs, cocaine. No, Kentucky Fried Chicken Meals. Okay, they were smuggling the fast food to customers in lockdown Auckland, New Zealand against quarantine measures. So this is what they want to use lock, you know, shutting down your car for smuggling Kentucky Fried Chicken in the next scamdemic. Anyway, so there's a photograph of that event. Um, gets even better. Uh, the bill, which has been signed to law by President Biden, states that the kill switch, which is to be referred as a safety device, because of course they wouldn't call it a kill switch, they want to call it a safety device, must passively monitor the performance of the driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify whether the driver may be impaired. Now, I don't know how they're going to determine whether or not you're drunk driving. Again, this is this is how they push bills in parliament. It's for your safety. We don't want you smuggling Kentucky Fried Chicken across the border in the next Scam We got to, you know, we got to put the uh, put the brakes down on that. And then the other thing that they mentioned in the bill as well is we'll be able to monitor if you're drunk or stone driving your car. Now, I don't know how they're going to monitor if you're impaired driving a vehicle. They might, I don't know. Like, like let's let's sort of think this through. Maybe if you're swerving through lanes, sort of thing, and you don't normally drive that way in the car. But here's the problem that I have with it. If it's not just a kill switch, meaning somebody can push a button to shut off your car, but it's also monitoring how you use your car all the time. Well, I know right now my daily driver, it's an Audi. It's a 2018 model. And it currently, as I'm driving, will read uh, traffic signs and tell me what the speed limit is. It puts a little box in the kind of in the bottom of the console and it says, you know, your speed limit here is 60 kilometers an hour. So the camera knows what the speed limit is. The car knows what my speed is. So what's stopping them from cross-referencing those two and then I get a, a like a bill in the mail for going 12 kilometers an hour over the speed limit, right? This is potentially going to be a problem beyond what they're telling you it's not going to be a problem for. Again, they're saying it's a safety device. Anyway, in other words, Big Brother will constantly be monitoring how you drive. If you do something the system has been programmed to recognize as driver impairment, your car could be shut off, which could also be incredibly dangerous. I mean, you'd want to have it shut off, but on the shoulder of the road, not in the middle of the road. I'm sure they would build that into that. It seems kind of absurd that they wouldn't. There's a the possibility the kill switch program might measure your driving as impaired. When you try to start a car again, the car won't fire up. That could potentially leave you stranded, even if you're not impaired. So, you know, There's issues, you know, there's issues to this. So they keep going on. But wait, there's more. The kill switch safety system would be open or in other words, there would be a back door. That would allow police or other government authorities to access it whenever they want, which they kind of do right now. Anyway, they're monitoring all the time. Would they need a warrant to do that? Probably not. Even better, hackers could access the back door and shut down your vehicle. Anyway, this guy points out, violations of uh, privacy human rights all kinds of issues um you know you guys can go check out the article here the title of it is law will instill kill switches into all new cars so i don't know there's look they're cooking up some plans they're cooking up some plans they don't want you having cars they don't want you having autonomy they don't want you having freedom i think this is going to be used beyond just the intended purposes they're talking about right now to pass legislation I think that they're going to use this um, for the next scamdemic. Like if they don't want you leaving the house, for example, okay, let's push buttons here, 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 and here. And you people in these jurisdictions are not allowed to drive your car. And you get up in the morning to go get in your car because you want to get a coffee at the drive-through like you did during the last scamdemic with your stupid face diaper on and you know hand sanitizer everywhere. And you can't even drive your car anymore. Or beyond that, what about climate lockdowns? Because you know that the World Economic Forum doesn't want you driving your car because they're saying that they pollute too much, even though they're flying in with their private jets 22 miles. (laughs) You can run 22 miles. People run those in marathons. (laughs) But they don't want you using your cars. And if they have these devices installed in more of the cars, then it stops you from using them. So it's a control mechanism. This, This is where you are. This is where we are, okay? Um, there's one other video I wanted to show over here, um, which is the Scottish Parliament. Let me get my headphones so I can listen to this with you, because I want to make sure that it does play. And we are going to take calls una momento. Actually, let me grab that link for the calls. I'll drop that while we're getting set up over here with the headphones. So here we go. Uh, invite. Copy, and I'll go to YouTube. So if you guys are watching this elsewhere or listening to the recording, if you come and watch live on YouTube, run in and ask a question. Boom. So that StreamYard link is there, and I'll pin that to the top of uh, YouTube so you guys can come in, chime in, ask your questions. Pin. All right. Let me get the super chat real quick before I put this video up. Uh, you were displayed in a documentary for incels here in Sweden. They put your picture and 50 minute segment showing your videos. It's a huge documentary in Scandinavia. You should file a lawsuit against them like I care. Ooh. Guys, somebody said to me the other day, hey Rich, how much longer are you gonna do this, uh, you know YouTube thing? And I'm like, ah, so, as long as I'm still having fun at it, I don't care you know they're gonna make up stories about you. you know who's gonna be the next boogeyman who knows right? Maybe it's me at this time. Who knows, right? I'm sitting here talking about cars. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's go to this video over here. And where's the parliamentary guy? So this is in Scottish Parliament. So I'm going to have to pull this out and add audio. Give me one second here. Um, Present, share, audio tab. And... That would be Twitter, okay. So you guys should be able to hear this. Let me turn on the volume.
2: Sustainably and prioritizes making transport. Now,
0: he's got a bit of a thick Scottish accent, so just, you know, bear with it, but just listen up here.
2: On transport, our second strategic transport project review published just two weeks ago, confirms that the era of catering for unconstrained growth in private car use is well and truly over. The review follows this. So
0: if you guys missed that, the Scottish government is saying that the unconstrained use of private automobiles is over. They don't want any more automobiles on the road or any more new automobiles on the road. He's talking about this review, this study that they did.
2: As well and truly over. The review follows the sustainable, the sustainable investment hierarchy, which aims to reduce the need to travel unsustainably and prioritizes making base use of an-
0: So they're basically saying any travel in your car is unsustainable, but again, these are the people that work with the World Economic Forum, the same people that will fly their private jet 22 miles from one airport to another. Every single, you know, attendee at that event flew in on a private jet. That's okay, but you having a car to take the kids out to get ice cream, not allowed to have it anymore.
2: Enhancing existing infrastructure before investing in new capacity. Furthermore, we have set out how we will reduce car kilometers by 20% by 2030.
0: So they want to cut your driving by 20% by 2030.
2: In our draft route map, a truly world leading commitment. To- so all of that idea of, hey, let's put the car, you know, the kids in the car and let's go
0: camping. Let's go to the national park and look at the cliffs and the mountains and the waterfalls and the geysers and all that stuff you won't be, they don't want you to do that anymore they don't want you to do that
2: anymore demonstrating a level of ambition in meeting scotland's statutory targets the scottish government have commissioned research exploring demand management options to discourage car use and using the research findings we will work with local and regional partners to develop a demand management framework by 2025
0: well there you go i hope you guys heard that loud and clear they're coming for your cars. They're coming for them. Um, Sam says, electric cars are a defective product because they can be hacked. There's a good reason why we don't have electric tanks. I'll take a 1970 Datsun 240Z over a Tesla. Yeah. Um, when it comes to warfare, they definitely want control over their vehicles and they don't want them to be struck by an EMP. Um, it like, there was this notion, I saw this article, uh, I can't remember which country it was, it was some Eastern European country, and they're like, we're going to make all of our military vehicles, all of our military vehicles electric by this date. Okay, well, an EMP would shut them all down. <laughs> you could literally shut down your opposing enemy's entire military ability to wage war by using one EMP. Nobody would die None of the vehicles would work. They'd basically be left walking, right? Um, This is the thinking that's being used, you know, here in these, you know, here in these areas, my friends, that's, that's just what it is. It's where they're going. Anyway, um, let's switch over to some Q&A. We got some guys in the, uh, the waiting area. Let me know in the private chat what it is that you want to talk about. Uh, I'll put this little banner up in the bottom just to remind you where to get the link. And that is, this is a public show. So if you want privacy, just book a private call. Um, I'm gonna run the ad reel and we'll be back in like a minute and a half to get started on the Q&A. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll wanna use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You wanna make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code ALPHA10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use Tactical Soap and God of War Beard Oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine, lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bio-identical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show all right you guys ever see the show black mirror interesting series you could end up becoming a potential threat they can hack your car and make it look like an accident there's all kinds of issues that come up like i i personally think i'm always gonna have to have a late model car that doesn't have any of these nanny gidgets and features in it somewhere just just to have it just so I know that I'm in control, that I'm in the driver's seat, that nobody's watching me, that nobody can turn it off. As time goes on, it's not going to matter so much. But you know what? That's not going to be my problem. That's going to be the problem of the people that are 20 years old watching this later on down the road. I'll be I'll be gone by then. So, um, you know, this is just what's coming your way. Unfortunately, it seems to be a re- reality. It's just a matter of is it going to be in the next five years, in the next 12 years, next 15, 20 years. I don't know, but it's definitely coming our way. So look out for it. What do we do, Rich? How do we solve this problem? Well, stop voting for big government. Stop voting for large taxes. Stop voting for liberalism. Um, you know, there's parties out there that don't generally endorse this stuff. So think. Uh, let's see if there's any other chats in here that we're worth, worth taking a look at. I mean, they're coming for your gas stoves, apparently. Joe Biden wants your gas stoves because those are polluting the crap out of the world, apparently. Is what it is. Um. Anyway, so it looks like we got caught up here. So let's see who we got in the chat to talk to tonight. Okay, we have... Let's give uh, Trenton a shot here. Uh, Trenton, Trenton. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. What can I do for you tonight?
3: So I'm a Marine in the U.S. And uh, just like the past six months, I've kind of really been into the whole red pill learning about the country learning how corrupt everything is and learning how messed up the system is Mm. and uh it's come to like give me a lot of doubts okay and uh a lot of people especially in the military are we're gearing up for a war against china potentially uh or if not a a war in the in the pacific sometime and it it could happen at any time you know just like any war no one ever Mm. knows when it's gonna happen yeah and uh if it did I, i wasn't i'm not sure if i would be uh comfortable especially if it's, we're going to war defending taiwan for some microchips mm. against people like like microchips i don't know that are I, probably
0: going to go in your car to shut it off
3: exactly so i i don't know if i would be uh I, I have a duty to myself to my boys and that's the biggest thing is like uh my my job and my role my unit is pretty mm. big and uh i have a duty to my boys but at the same time i, I don't want to die for microchips and, uh, I want to know what you thought about that. And I'm also like, I, I do want to challenge, like the reason I joined mm. is cause I want to prove, like, I want to do some, something that like makes me a man, you know, proves that I, I'm a more than just average.
0: How old are you? So, uh, 19. You sound stronger or more virtuous than most of the guys that I get calls <laughs> from. So, um, that's, that's the upside of the military is it, is it does make men out of boys very quickly. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, you know, the downside is of course you can be forced into proxy wars that you may not necessarily agree with. In fact, most most vets that I know um don't like war. They don't like the idea of it, they think they waste the time, they've seen friends die that shouldn't have died over something that was irrelevant. Um mm-hmm. and like you're just fodder. You know, men are just disposable, but we've always been disposable. Fortunately, the you know, the the good news is if you look at a timeline throughout history and i'm not talking about like the last 100 years but i'm talking about like the last hundreds of thousands of years where wars have been documented we live in the most peaceful time in history right we just don't war as often as we have in the past like there was wars happening literally all the time everywhere throughout history this is this is a very peaceful time so to your question is like what do i think of that like what do i think of it in what sense Like, like what are you asking me more specifically
3: if we were go to war and i had the choice of of going or uh or saying no i don't want to do this and getting you know i would obviously be shamed by everyone i know besides my family and of course those close to me which is all that all that really matters to me but uh i'm wondering what what would you do in that situation
0: you know it's interesting because i wanted to sign up for the royal royal air force when i was a kid when i was 18 i wanted to fly the harrier jump jets uh, Falkland war was kind of happening just around that time, uh, a few years earlier, actually, but, um, yeah, I just, I just don't endorse it today. You know, it's the same thing, like, you know, with policing, like I don't endorse men getting into policing. They hate you. You're always racist. You can't do anything right. You know, if you move the wrong way, if you touch your gun, then you got to write, you know, three days worth of reports. Um, there's a lot of, you know, conventionally masculine roles that, that men have filled, you know, like over the last several decades that I've watched that have deteriorated to the point where I don't think that I'd want to participate in that. So that's a choice that you got to make for yourself. I mean, if I was 19, maybe you took what you need from it and, you know, you formed the, fres- you're the, friend- the friendships and the brotherhoods. But if they said to me, oh, we're going to go and pick a fight with China for me personally, I'd be like, have fun, go. I'm not interested. I don't want to fight your stupid war. I don't care.
2: Right. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's just me. like,
0: like, I'm more of a libertarian. I don't want to get involved in other people's problems. Like what mm-hmm. happens on the other side of the world doesn't affect me, but there's people that argue, Oh, it does affect you. Because if you don't stop it over there, then it's going to come over here. I, th- I think our bigger problems are more domestic. Uh, yeah. It's not what China's doing to Taiwan or whatever. Like I've watched a lot of documentaries on the conflict between Taiwan and China and you know, the differences they have. And realistically, if China is going to take Taiwan, they have to do it in the next four years, right? They can't wait 10 or 20 years. Like they won't have the industry. They won't have the people. They won't have the means to wage that war and win it. They would have to do it in the next four years. So if they're smart and they're going to do it, it's coming soon. Mm -hmm. But is it worth it to them? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what their policies are. I don't live there. I don't think, you know, the way they did. But, you know, the thing that you got to remember, you know, I was watching this other video. Their leader, Xi, Xi Jinping, I'm pronouncing it, you know completely wrong. You got to remember, this was a guy that grew up in a remote village where people starved under the old version of Chinese communism. And if you're going to try to tell an old man that grew up in an environment like that what to do, you like he's he, he doesn't care about the you know the states doesn't care about their ability to wage war. He doesn't care about how many aircraft guys like that just don't care, right? So mm-hmm. if they want something, they're going to go and take it, and it's going to be messy. I don't know that I'd want to. It's it's just going to be messy. It's not something that I won't want to be a part of. Right.
3: Yeah. The first the first people who are there. I mean, I'm I'm in the infantry. I'm in the front lines. I I know the first people who are going to be there are going to be, lit, quite literally, cannon fodder. There's going to be drone yeah. strikes. Like you won't make it to the beach. There won't be a Normandy beach. No. Now technically
0: technically Taiwan is China's property. Like if you look at the mm-hmm. you know historical records and the way that they related to Taiwan, Taiwan is China. Right. Is. So. Right. I don't know. It's you know, it's going to unfold the way that it's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? What are you going to do to change that? You know, do you want to put yourself you in an environment where there's there's a fairly decent probability that you're probably going to die, right, over some something that you don't really care about because some guy mm-hmm. over there and some glass, you know, some ivory towers said that we have to go do that because if we can't let them get away with that, that's just wrong. That's just yeah. me though.
3: Right. The biggest part for me is just my manliness. Like it would be like having to that's where they'll have get a you watch. exactly i know but that's, that's part you. of the psyop that they drill into your head yeah. while, when you join yeah so i'm trying to trying to escape that right now but i very, very much appreciate talking to you this is very good for me
0: you got it man you have a good night all right uh let's see what we else have here in the chat on topic of ev so we got bob here wants let talk about evs so let's talk to bob what's up buddy hey rich um what do you got yeah, for this topic? How
4: you were saying with the, like the gas tank, you know, on an EV being smaller. Um, One of my buddies, he had a, I think he had a Nissan Leaf, it was. Yeah. And so he was, I thought it was funny that he had a remote start on his key fob. And he's like, oh yeah, when I push that, it just turns, you know, turns an electric heater on in the car, mm. whatever. But he was saying like, anytime it gets below like 40 degrees, his battery loses like 60, 70 miles of range, just
0: yeah. temperature change. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's just off temperature change, not taking into factor that as a battery ages, it holds less charge too. Right.
4: Yeah. That was, I mean, the car was only like a year old at that time.
0: Yeah. And then uh, I seen, I think it's
4: Bobcat has uh all electric, like skid loader. And I was, I was kind of baffled by that. It's like, isn't the whole point of them to be able to like work at construction sites and stuff where there's limited power or they haven't
0: yet got power to them. So, yeah. So they're probably running (laughs) diesel generators to recharge them. (laughs) 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 You ever see those pictures of the Teslas going down the highway with like a diesel generator on like a, on like a dolly behind it or some sort of like a trailer hitch attachment and the cord going from the diesel generator to the plug on the side of the Tesla. So they're recharging it with a diesel generator. The one was towing this like little four by eight
4: trailer with generators yep. sitting on it, and it's yep. just like, what? what is the point in that? Like, why not just have a Volkswagen they, Passat or something?
0: They want you to believe that you're saving the planet. I mean, the people that buy them pay like people pay a lot of money for these electric cars. I mean, recently, Teslas have been tanking in value. There was a video, uh, Doug DeMiro did in the last uh, day or so, he was talking about it's it like the prices have come down dramatically with Teslas. And I mean, I've seen people like a buddy of mine spent about 220,000, you know, something like that on a, basically like an electric Porsche. I mean, it's a nice car, but for 220 grand, you can get a, like a really way nicer gas powered car, much, much nicer. Um, but, but people have like in a religious affinity to the notion that this is, this is new, it's, it's modern, it's saving the planet, it's whatever. Right. Um, I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're going to like, guys, we're going to be driving electric cars. I'll be driving an electric car at some point in my life, probably like it's, it's coming, right? It's coming for all of us. It's just, you know, what are they going to integrate and infuse into it? Are they going to be able to shut it down? Are they going to monitor you? Are they going to be able to, in the next, you know, oh, there's a climate crisis. You can't drive right now, you know, turn off cars so that you're not able to go anywhere. Social credit systems are another issues that I didn't talk about as well, right? Like if you, like if they start to really implement a severe social credit system here, then if you're in a system where it's like, okay, well, you went and you bought too much meat and you went and you drove too much, then your social credit says, you know, on this date that you shouldn't be driving because you're contributing too much CO2 to the environment or, or something like that, then your car won't work. Something that you worked hard for, paid taxes on your income, went and bought with your own money, won't work, right? So, you know, it's just one of those things. So the notion of like ride share cars or, or like car sharing apps is going to be pushed on you you know, you will, you will own nothing but have access to everything. You want a motorcycle? No problem. There's an app for that. Go over there. You can get your electric power motorcycle. Want to drive a car? No problem. Insurance is covered, repairs, maintenance covered, download this app, pay whatever per month, go drive your car. Right. So that's how they're going to sell it. And that's how, you know, more gullible and persuadable guys will fall for it. Right. So just a fact of life, you know, it is what it is.
4: Yeah. I've always, I've always made the joke that once everybody gets to these like fully, which now we're we're pretty much there. I mean, you got cars that can park themselves and yep. drive themselves and all that. But I was like, I'll, I'll have an old, you know, 70s Chevelle or something that's just cammed out. It's like,
0: can't computer control this thing. There's, there's a very real possibility that um, cars that don't have these devices in them will go up in value dramatically. There's a real possibility that there's also a very real possibility that there's going to be a black market for it too. There's going to be people that will hack into your monitoring device and for you know you pay them a thousand bucks they'll just shut it off you know yeah like there's like there's people right now that are trying to hack into bmw system because bmw puts electrically heated seats in all their cars but they don't let you use them you have to pay a monthly subscription to use your electrically heated seats in the cars that you already paid for that already has the electrically heated coils like you have to pay extra money monthly to access the heated seats so there's people trying to hack that right now to make sure that you know i'm not paying them monthly i'm just gonna push a few buttons and i'll be able to use the electric uh seats now right
4: yeah there's always a way around something
0: yeah all right thanks bob yep thanks. all right Let's see what we got here um somebody put up a, something about the vet Waiting in chat, U.S. Marine Corvette advice for Trenton Moore. Oh, okay. Let's good. Let's. Where's Chris? Chris, there we go. Chris, you're up, buddy. What advice do you have for our friend? Oh, you're muted, by the way. You're muted. Still muted. There's a little line in the bottom of your mic at the bottom of the screen. Just, just hit that. There I'm you go. In the yeah.
5: On my am I coming up pretty clear?
0: You're okay now. Yeah. Go ahead.
5: Um, So when I was listening to Trenton talk because when I hopped on uh, the call, uh, something that stood out to me was he was talking about his kind of main talking point was about getting engaged, like being engaged in conflict, essentially, and how that relates to, I think he said his manhood, like his manliness, Mm -hmm. pretty much. Mm -hmm. And um, I will say that, I guess I'll I'll explain like like a short story. Uh, I went to boot camp in 2015. Mm -hmm. And then I left the Marine Corps at the end of 2019. But just put in perspective, uh, about a month in, they pull you – I went to Paris Island, and uh, there's a chapel there where we do classes and things. There's a time where this is the first time I experienced something like this. They pulled us all in, um, and they came out and said, everybody shut the fuck up. We got a white letter from the Commandant on the Marine Corps, and they pretty much told the story about how North Korea is invading – And we're all getting shipped out to the east and west coast in two weeks. And you better get the fuck up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to go, you uh, you can line up at the door and go home. And, you know, they're like, yo, put your heads down so you don't see who leaves, blah, blah, blah. And it was obviously all, you know, like a psychological uh, test pretty much. But the amount of guys that within 10 seconds of hearing, you know, that letter, you could hear all like the metal chairs screeching on the floor. Mm-hmm. um kind of spoke to me because me personally at 18 years old the first thing i felt like in my heart i was excited I, my dread my adrenaline was going mm-hmm. um and the first thought in my head was like let's fucking go let's fucking do this this is what i signed up to do now at 26 looking back um at this point in my life if someone's invading my country that's like a pretty serious thing i'd probably feel the same way mm-hmm. um Considering the facts. however, I will say that when you're at a younger age like that, and Rich, I don't know if you would agree with this, maybe you can add some insight after this. Um, when you're at a younger age and you haven't necessarily, for the most part, been on your own or been in a situation where, I guess you could say the world is depending on you, right? Mm-hmm. The world could be your family or in this case, legitimately, like your entire country, you have the weight of the world on your shoulders legitimately.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, some people, it's like fight or flight almost. And it's easy when you have like a lack of identity at such an early age to kind of get sucked into things like that. It could be college, it could be the military, it could be you know your first you know career opportunity, whatever. And oftentimes we hear our friends and family talk about, oh, I wish I could have done this, I would have done this differently, whatever. But um, aside from that, my advice to Trenton would be because he's young and, and in the Marine Corps is that the Marine Corps is not the end all be all and that relates to maybe any any other guys watching your job your hobbies your current state of mind whatever the case it is not like the end all be all for the rest of your life and i understand this at 26 like Mm -hmm. you can change your interest you can change your struggle and it will change your struggle will absolutely change throughout your life whatever you have going on is your main passion and focus is going to uh mold and change as you get older but something good that the marine corps instills in us is the ability to adapt and overcome and that's something that i would like if trent is still listening to keep in mind that whether it's something with china happens or not which i so, think is uh, so question
0: for you i mean if they said there's a war going down between china and taiwan you know we need you would you go
5: if i was to get called back if i was in pretty much hmm. yeah I, I mean absolutely like i and i will say he did mention like it would be a war over microchips or a war over etc yeah. but that's like, there's layers to things, right? That would be like a surface layer uh, detail. At the bottom line of it, though, is if someone, if another man is trying to take my life, I'm going to do what I can to to, to protect that. And that's like at the base level of things. But past that, if it's on our own soil, God knows what the repercussions could be of another country trying to manipulate our country here. Mm. And, and that's why I think more guys should feel more strongly about things like TikTok Social media and, and news uh, agencies that kind of have influence from foreign countries as well. Because it's almost yeah. like a psychological warfare in the same sense.
0: Yeah, people don't realize how much they're being watched when they use social media and China's monitoring everything you do with TikTok. You know, I mean, look, if, you know, from what I understand, the US government and military and intelligence services doesn't let you run TikTok on your mobile devices, like it's forbidden, isn't it?
5: um well so i got out at the end of 2019 and the only thing i can say to that is i don't know if you remember when pokemon go was a Mm. big thing that the app where you can kind of like play pokemon like with a geolocation tag Mm. um i I remember one safety stand down when they were like recommending hey don't use this because other countries can take our data from you know i guess certain locations apparently they've expanded it process it
0: uh let me just see here u.s
5: the pokemon go thing was a big uh like kind of data hacking uh i know i know a few foreign entities were using it as an advantage advantage point to uh collect geolocation stuff not just in the united states but yeah. overseas so as well so as
0: of so as of july 2022 the us military was warning national security members that the use of tiktok social media services um is potentially putting military and security risks out there so yeah, um look, if 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 there was a problem on at my border, you know, in my backyard sort of thing, I think you're going to find the vast majority of men would probably step up to the task of doing something about it, but these proxy wars sure. all the way across, you know, the globe, another part of the the planet was something that doesn't doesn't affect you. It's just some like I don't know, like a lot of people get get torn over the whole Russia Ukraine thing, but They've sent mm-hmm. over a hundred billion dollars over there. The Canadian government sent billions of like the Canadian military has been waiting for a um air defense system since twenty twelve. And Justin yeah. Trudeau just sent over the same air defense system the Canadian military has been waiting for to Ukraine. Right. So it raises yeah. a lot of questions. That's all I'm yeah, gonna absolutely. say.
5: Absolutely. Anyway, it does raise a lot of questions.
0: All right, man. Thanks for chiming in. appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thanks. All right. um, Let's see who we got here in a private chat. Uh, Life advice, cars, biofuels. Oh, that's a good question. Biofuels. So um, apparently Porsche, and I'll bring you in a sec, Josh. So apparently Porsche has invested quite a bit of money in a South American company that manufactures synthetic petroleum and it's completely carbon neutral. So this is a beautiful thing. So they're kind of preparing to make sure all of their customers that have sports cars like the 911s and stuff like that, that want to continue to run them and run them into the future, decades in the future, in case these laws pass, that you will still be able to buy fuel to run in your car and it'll be carbon neutral. Um, this is where we're at today in 2023. The cost per gallon is pretty much the equivalent of what you pay at the pump for fuel that they mine out of the ground and refine from oil and, you know, ship. So... This fuel that they're making, basically, they extract carbon from the atmosphere, and then they mix it with a few other chemicals, and it becomes a combustible fuel that runs in an uh, internal combustion engine. And again, this is all for about the same price that you're paying for gas at the pump right now. Um, so biofuels are going to be you know, used in the future as part of a potential solution, we'll see. Um, let's see what Josh has here for us on bio, biofuels, because he understands the grid.
7: Hey, how are you doing, Rich?
0: What's up, man? What's
7: going on? Um, what you got for yeah, us? so, you so when it comes wind? to the, I do, I do. I work in wind. Okay. Um so like I climb towers and stuff. I, I do that different.
0: Uh, oh, the all big all stuff. the big windmills. You climb the towers and you service those. Okay, correct.
7: Um, so Siemens is partnering with. I forget if it's mobile or I forget which um, which other gas station it is, but it's them, mm-hmm. Porsche, and I believe one other company. And I forget, it's a South American country, whether it's Chile or Argenti- uh, Argentina, yeah. one of those, where they're going to be developing a, a giant factory for manufacturing and refining um, the biofuels, yeah. uh, I guess. So I am I was told that it's possible that I could end up, if I wanted to go over there, do that. So that's going to mm-hmm. be cool. But um, yeah, so currently the price is, because they've they've gotten the process down and it looks like it's working pretty well. But the price for each gallon is roughly $8. Currently,
0: um, which is a gallon in California? It's about seven, eight bucks. Uh,
7: I'm not sure in California, I live in Texas. It's okay, it's uh, right now it's ranges between like 280, 290 to 330 for
0: regular. I I wouldn't be surprised if they got the price of that down significantly. I don't know if they'll bring it right down to the bargain basement because there'll probably be some some tax or some kind of government reg that's going to like come into play to to discourage people from using it like they probably want to encourage you to use electricity for your cars rather than petroleum right. but yeah
7: well um the way that it was explained to me is uh they're pretty much setting up a very very small facility first and then over the next five years five to ten years it's supposed to be like doubling um like exponential. it's supposed to be growing exponentially yeah uh, so currently the price is eight dollars but it's supposed to be shrinking after that and then um I know that F1, I don't know if you saw by 2030 or by 2035, they're supposed to be doing like exclusively biofuels or they have some type of deal with uh, whichever governments that they're working with to um, reduce their carbon footprint and to, they're pretty much trying to switch to straight biofuels for all of their. Uh,
0: Yeah, which is just absurd to me because like something like a Formula One race, even with the amount of fuel that they burn like if a whale farts in the middle of the ocean, it probably releases more, you know, <laughs> right? uh, greenhouse gases than what one formula, one race will, um, you know, do. But it's the optics of, you know, inclusivity and wokeness and we care for the planet and climate emergency and all this sort of stuff that they're, that, you know, they're trying to ham up right now at Davos and the World Economic Forum. So that's just where we're going. I mean, hopefully, you know, the internal combustion engine doesn't go away anytime right. soon with um, Formula One because that because that's a part of Formula One is that is part of the design and engineering of the car that makes them that special and the sounds they make. So anyway, you got anything else for well, me on this topic, Josh?
7: Um, for, the, uh, well, I just wanted to bring up um, a big point about the grid that a lot of people don't know is yeah. um it's almost like if you take, uh, it's almost like you only have, it's like an outlet, right? So you only have but so many plugs you can plug into it. A lot of people think you can keep adding more and more and more things to the grid to increase the production, the size that we can hold, different things like that. Mm-hmm. That's not how the grid works. It has a limit on how many inputs it can have. Mm-hmm. So even when, so, so even you for the, wind the, size of
0: the grid, th- if you increase the electrical output too,
7: yes, but even then it's not that simple to, to increase the grid. We can't really
0: do that you at just this can't stage lay right more now. Copper wires or wiring.
7: Uh, I mean, I guess like in a simplistic, like, I guess technically, yes, but that's not, that's not what we've been doing. Um, cause especially so for, for like, for our wind farms that we have, um, pretty much how it works is it will remove some, I don't know. I don't even like using the word fossil fuel, but we'll remove a fossil fuel or so some type of a coal mine or something like that. And then we'll replace that energy, um, with our wind farm. Mm -hmm. But even then the way that a lot of it works is, um, uh, a lot of the prices are artificially uh, like raised up and down for Mm. electricity. So for our towers, they'll purposely turn our towers off so that they can charge people more. So like a big thing that was going on in Texas during the freeze um, was they had taken power from some places, given it to some other places, Mm. but then they were changing the prices of the electricity and purposely making people have to pay more. People have to pay less kind of uh, uh, artificially like, like lying about, um, shortages and things like that
0: yeah that makes sense yeah i'm not surprised all right man appreciate yeah. you hopping in thank you rich yeah um i know a few people that have um <clears throat> so they have control of their electrical needs and nobody can increase or decrease or turn off the power they've gone to the extent of spending like 35 40 thousand on solar panel arrays battery banks so that they're completely independent off the grid so if something happens the power goes out they've always got power so that's that's kind of the hard like the hardcore way to sort of go about it um, let's see who we got here in the chat I want to talk about a book uh, Hayden wants to talk about a book on fossil fuels all right fossil fuels man what do you got for me hey um, I was just wondering
1: if you had heard of this book uh, called fossil future by Alec Epstein?
0: No, nope. he's been on, Fill me on
1: in. a lot of podcasts and stuff. Yeah, so basically, he's a, he is not a um, scientist of any sort. He, his background is in philosophy, but basically, he did a bunch of research on this and reframed it in a way that where it's like, in, he his whole premise is that the climate change crisis have the anti-fossil fuel crowd? They
0: look, you know what, Hayden? at this issue um,
1: in Hayden, just, just in stop a a terms of uh, anti-impact.
0: Hayden, yo yo yo. So any human impact to the to this sacred earth is bad. Hayden, stop talking for a second. Turn off your video because your audio keeps breaking up. Hang on one second. Turn off your video. Yeah. Okay. Back up about can, seven seconds and see. again? Maybe we'll hear it this time. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. Um, His framework is that the anti-fossil fuel crowd is looking at this in the way of like any impact to this sacred planet is Mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. So anything we can do to reduce that is good. But he flips that into, well, what if we look at this from the perspective of human flourishing and what's good for humans what can we do to live better lives and he puts forth all of this all of this evidence of like well actually we're safer than we've ever been from uh climate impact all these like the poorest people in the world live better lives most people in the world live on less uh, less electricity than one person's refrigerator in the west
0: yeah, I've heard that argument. Like, if you want to improve the conditions in the environment or do anything to lower greenhouse gases, then bring poor people out of poverty, right? Like, if you bring South America and Africa and parts of Asia out of areas of poverty, then it doesn't pollute as much. Like, we know for a fact more developed countries pollute less. So a lot of the argument is, well, rather than trying to turn off cars in you know, the British Isles, for example, let's get certain countries that are impoverished that don't have um you know basic regulations like catalytic converters in cars you know for example and fix those problems so yeah i've heard some of those angles yeah
1: yeah just highly i know you're a big reader so just highly recommend that book and you recommended a good one to me recently the company of one i've been listening yeah, yeah. to that that's excellent
0: all right thanks Aiden. so uh, yeah thank you man all right yeah i'll check that out i'll put it on my uh wish list on my um Audible. Um, Let's see what we got over here. I'll catch up on the chat real quick. DL Saint with a 50. Uh, Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, School of Entrepreneurship will open again in the spring. Um, If you're not on my email list, get on my email list. Here, let me change the banner for a second real quick so you know where to do that. Um, So if you get on my email list, entrepreneursandcars.com, forward slash red dash flags. You'll get the free chapter for my book, the unplugged alpha. Uh, This one, which is kind of, you know, what the podcast is based on. I'm just sort of building on ideas in the book and the thinking, you know, that you use in life to to get you the results that you want. Um, You'll get notified there for sure. If you're on that email list, when the course opens. So that's probably the best place to find out. Uh, I'll put the ticker back up for the Q and a and anything else I missed um no i think we got it so let's see who we got here in the private chat we'll do a couple more calls uh let's give dlc and a shout what's up man
6: what's good brother how you feeling good how you doing I just want to, hey, thanks for having me on. I just want to say thanks, bro. I finally saw that clip you put out, man. Thank you very much for that, brother, by the way. That was uh, no that was good. You had people hitting me up. I didn't know what they were talking about. Like, huh, what? <laughs> so I appreciate that. With this, I, I got something for you, man. I mean, you're an, op- you're an entrepreneur. You, you really understand business certainly better than I do. I came out of, you know, government. I was i uh, I'm a retired traffic controller. We hear about this sort of stuff all the time, you know, fossil fuels and like, you know, aviation would love to have a different fuel source because that's, huge part of their operating budget when you talk about these big air carriers and even like Mm. private owners but i was looking on here it seems that back in 1990 gm had an electric car
0: yeah they had an electric car back in the 90s uh the oil and gas company killed it i can't remember what it was called but it was an ugly looking thing
6: it's very ugly it's right here gm impact (laughs) it's like very ugly Uh, believe it or not
0: they had electric cars in the 1920s
6: no, it goes back there further. It was like 18-something. I was kind of yeah. looking at some stuff. So
0: Electric cars have been around for a while.
6: Forever. So it's not a new thing, you know, like especially down here in America, man. You know, we're not known for, uh, like the average Joe ain't known for being smart uh, Americans. So listen, did they blow it? What did? Was it simply greed uh, and not having a strong enough lobby because- I'm thinking if GM had continued with this project, and this was back in 1990. They had this this uh, this prototype, this mm-hmm. car. Had they continued with that, by now wouldn't wouldn't GM corner the market and be bigger than Tesla and everyone else at this point? I mean, in theory,
0: who knows? Uh, don't have a crystal ball. Can't go back in a time machine to retry it. But there was a special on Netflix. There was a documentary on. I think it's titled "Who Killed the Electric Car," and it's mm-hmm. and it's about that exact car that GM was designing and building in the 90s. Um, there was just no appetite for it. Like nobody had the appetite for boring, ugly, you know, basic looking car. So it, one, it never sold. And two, the oil and gas industry basically shut it down.
6: Yeah. Cause I was just looking at that and I'm like, huh, I wonder, you know, it's always a what if, right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it is, I'm with you on this. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot we don't know about. I mean, yes, I hear the arguments being made. I do believe in you know greenhouse gases and stuff like that can warm planet. I I do understand the research and the data.
0: But the it- climate does change. Like let's be honest, like yes. it's not like climate change isn't happening. The climate changes over time. Uh, yes. Graham Hancock is one of the most interesting guests that I ever. Uh, have watched and I've watched all of his interviews with Joe Rogan and on other podcasts and I've listened to a couple of his books and he's got that series on Netflix as well, which is, which is boring as shit. Like when you compare <laughs> the conversations that he has with Joe Rogan or you listen to it, to his books, the stuff on Netflix is just like mainstream for that, you know, for like the plebs out there. But the climate has is, is, is changed a lot throughout history and you know what you're seeing today, today, is nothing like, you know, Oh, you know, this last hurricanes because of climate change. Yeah. Okay. You know, read some of Graham Hancock shit. And, you know, you hear about waterfalls that are like twice as high as uh, Niagara Falls and like five times wider, you know, like massive, like rapid melts from all kinds of, you know, climate issues. So climate does change. And I don't think it's changed that much in my lifetime. I'm pretty sure. Like, where do you live? You live in, uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Like, have you seen the climate change much in Florida since you've been around?
6: No, I've only been here for two years. I came from LA. I did I did about 25 years uh in the business, air traffic mm. controlling out there. And um people talk about the climate change in LA all the time. You know, it's California. I mean I it was climate's high. gotten
0: bit better. There's less smog there now.
6: There's way less smog. And yeah. um yeah, and when they had the beer bug when they shut it down, you you'd be surprised how clear it was because people were staying home. It was a bad idea to stay home people. It's not like I was on board with that idea. It was terrible looking back on it. But it was great for driving because no one was out there, it was great for flying. But you do see the wildfires. Mm-hmm. Every year they get worse. And they would they they pin it on, you know, well, there's climate change and there's all these other things. I'm like, nah, man, it's people going around starting fires. It's <laughs> it's in the wind blows. Fires,
0: it's <laughs> trains start fires, like sparks off trains start a lot of forest fires. Right. lightning starts, lightning, starts fire. lightning has always started for like where do you think our ancestors came up with the idea of fire from is probably from a forest fire and like oh let's take this and cook some you know bacon on it sort of thing bob and they would just figure it out from there right and
6: they figured it out from there so i'm with you there but i mean i like to try to stay somewhere in the middle like you have the extremes on either side but i yeah. like to be somewhere in the middle let's get the data. let's yeah let's yeah let's balance let's think about it um, one of my favorite movies, as you know, I mean, I like snatch, but rock and roll was also a great one. Yeah. And it was a line in that movie when he says think tank, nothing gets past the old think tank. And that's what I try to challenge people to do. Think about it. There's stuff going on. There's stuff we can control and there's stuff that we can't, but let's not be too extreme. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just, uh, but yeah, you can't just put it on. Oh, we yeah. Just there's get a rid of hardcore,
0: cars. you know, winos. You see them in Europe. Now they'll, they'll line up on the street or on like a highway. And they'll impede commerce. Trucks can't get by. Cars can't. You know, they wear like vests and they just kind of sit there, locking their arms.
6: Like I these saw people that are in just France. Idiots. Yeah, they are. I saw it in France a little bit too. They had some sort of protest. I saw that. That's, that don't do it's, that in Oklahoma. You'll it's just,
0: off. it's just utterly ridiculous. And they don't do anything about it. They do absolutely nothing about it. I've seen other protesters where they go around gas stations with a some sort of pin device and they just hammer and they break all the glass so nobody can, you know, make their purchase or see what they're doing. It's just. They're like children. They're like the bratty little children that never got spanked. They probably didn't I mean, come from you're a, right. you know, probably from a fatherless household. You know, yes, and
6: they're dudes that never been punched in the mouth. That's one of the things I tell guys. Yeah. Like you, you need to get punched
0: in the Mike mouth. Tyson like Tyson said that.
6: Yeah. but it's, it's facts. Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth, yeah. right? So you need to taste that blood, taste that iron. You know what I mean? And the people are like, what do you mean? Like get punched in the mouth? If you know what I'm talking about? But. They want to. Well, you know, a lot of that ties back to trying to get a female. You know, I'm I'm always I got ties it back to like the you know dating thing. But these yeah. guys go out to protest for women that they're trying to impress, and they really don't care about whatever the argument
0: is. N- none of the girls that they want to be with have any interest in them whatsoever. You can put on your Z- safety vest, sit in the middle of the road. You ain't getting banged, bro. At <laughs> <Just all. laughs> at, at all. And
6: uh, and here comes row. you know here comes Uncle Rich and his McLaren. Guess what she's gonna do? I'll be back. Yeah, where you going, baby? I'm going to the finish line to meet up with him.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much it. All right, man. Thanks. All Have right, buddy. Take care. Peace out. Uh, let's give the Florida Ryan. What do you got for me, buddy? You, uh, you're muted right now. Just hit the line through your mic. There you go.
4: You mean Rich? Um, outside of your industry experience, what encouraged you to pick the debt consolidation industry? In other words, why did you think it was going to be a success and profitable?
0: It's what I knew. Um, So one of the things I talk about here, I was I was doing a Zoom webinar earlier today, Um, and one of the things I was talking about um, when I was doing the Zoom is the imagery here, which is three circles that intersect. Right. And you can see that on the screen now. Right. Love doing good at makes money. And in that middle there, that's kind of where the gold is. So that's where I was at. I was in the credit collection industry. I loved doing what I was doing at the time. I was really good at doing it. And I knew that it made money. So when those three things intersected, I didn't realize it at the time, like hindsight is where I came to this realization. But if you want to start a business, if you can get those three things to intersect, then that's, then that's basically where the gold is. And I didn't really choose it for any other reason other than that's where I was. That's what I knew. That's what I was good at. And I wanted to, how can I put this? I wanted to basically, you know, raise the middle finger to the guys that gave me the package and sent me home and say, ha, huh, there you go. I right?
4: understand. You know, Thank you. Uh,
0: they say, don't, don't seek revenge. And the best revenge is always your own success. Cause you get pissed off when you get packaged off. Like, why did I get it? Why not that guy? But in hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I wish it would have happened years before. Thanks for All hopping right. in, Ryan. Thank That's you. the question. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, Chris Amy is talking about the Niagara Escarpment, which actually runs right through Tobermory. It was a massive waterfall back in the day. But again, you know, now it's just a lake. You know, climates climates change over time. And so does the environment that we live in on this planet. It is what it is. I don't know, guys, you, you know, you tell me in the comments. I really think that there's a better use of resources, money, uh, government power, military power than a lot of the things that we spend it on. But I'm just a guy with a camera and a microphone shooting the shit on a Monday night at 8 o'clock, just <laughs> chopping up ideas. So, you know, what do I do? Um, I'll say this. So in closing, I have uh, Dr. Anthony J coming on my entrepreneurs and cars channel for a plane to win podcast later on this week on thursday so keep an eye out for that event when i create it i can't remember what time it's set for i think it's the morning ish maybe around 10 or 11 uh he's one of my favorite guests i had him on a couple years ago uh he wrote a book called astro generation and he really gets into the weeds and geeks out on research that get that gets you to the point where you understand um why your body today, your endocrine system is not really firing on all cylinders I mean, it's why you see guys walking around with female breast tissue and they have man boobs sort of things. And he covered in his book all of those elements. So we're gonna be talking again this Thursday. He's always in an awesome conversation. Um I've always enjoyed you know his book in the last talk that we have so definitely looking forward to that later on this week. Let me get a super chat here real quick. Uh, Church of Petrol, very good YouTube channel name. Uh would you ever do a podcast on your criticisms of Dave Ramsey's system? Um, I've done a video before on Dave Ramsey. I'm, I'm familiar with who he is and obviously, you know, what he does. I'm, I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar with why he's so popular. The amount of people that follow that guy and his systems, uh, is just absurd to me because what we were doing with debt settlement and even the book that I, like I self-published a book 12, 15 years ago, it's, it's on Amazon right now. And it's called the, uh, DIY guide to debt settlement. Um, you'll find it's under my author's name, you know, Richard Cooper. So if you click, you know, my author's page on Amazon for this book and just click my name, then it'll take you to all the books that I've published. And that, that book itself for like less than 10 bucks will teach you everything you need to know to settle your own debt. Ramsey comes up with this, like, I'm just going to say it, it's just a hack job way to get out of debt. And I don't think that he offers nearly the same amount of value that you can get out of Confronting your own problems, taking ownership, and dealing with it yourself. But that's him. This is me. Different guys, different strategies. If it works, hey, look. If you get out of debt and you save money, follow his plan. I could care less. Um, I'm not here to compete with anybody in the debt space. I'm not. I'm not interested in that anymore. Um, yeah, that's that's probably what it is, Jerry. Um, he targets the Christian, you know, community, God, family, marriage, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think the video that I did where I mentioned him back on the entrepreneurs and cars channel was a guy he was giving advice to who was dealing with a woman who was um, insisting on getting married and he didn't have the money and she didn't work and she was basically morbidly obese and diabetic in a wheelchair. It's just a it's just a such a bizarre story. And you know, his take was basically just man up and marry the the chick. Anyway. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, On the notion of the supplements before we go, um, we've been restocked on everything but Alpha T, the testosterone booster. It should have been there on Friday. It was in the same shipment with the DK. Uh, DK is on the shelf, so everything is back in stock with the exception of T. It should be back in stock by tomorrow. So a lot of people have asked me about that. If you follow me on Instagram, I'll post the story when I know it's on the shelves, um, and then you can grab it then, but that's where we're at uh when will you open enrollment i need to quit my job already in the spring somebody asked earlier um it'll be open in the spring and get on my email list if you're not because that's where you'll get notified to uh hop into the course if you know what i'm saying all right let's wrap up the show and uh throw the outro reel on all right guys if you enjoyed that podcast make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses my book the unplugged alpha community or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show. Peace.